In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we'll appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This um, passage from, from Acts chapter 6 uh, leads to the ordination of the first of the seven deacons of the church. Um, but Acts, the reason I read this is because Acts, um, the book of Acts does something interesting, uh, you know, very literary, very cinematic, so to speak, where they, they like to introduce things before they actually introduce characters. And so we see Saul at the stoning of Stephen before Saul is on the Damascus Road. And we see... Um, we see Barnabas um, giving his, his field to the disciples before we meet Barnabas later on. And this happens again and again. And right now we have um, some of the Hellenists uh, arising against the Hebrews because their widows are being neglected. That is, the Greek-speaking Jews are being neglected for the Jewish Hebrew-speaking Jews, so to speak, those in Jerusalem. And so now, a few chapters later, we meet one of these people, um, Tabitha, Dorcas. Dorcas is sort of lost name in our society now. I think we can't bring it back. You might just get picked on all the time if your name is Dorcas. So. But Tabitha is still a great name. And, and on this Mother's Day, um, which, which so oftentimes, uh, I, don't, I you know, don't necessarily just like to to preach just on Mother's Day, but this is an incredible woman, um, disciple, probably one of the ones who is mentioned in chapter 6, uh, being, being leading the charge to having others appointed so the church could carry out its work. Uh, a, a real leader, one full of, as it says, good works and charity. And those days she became ill and died. And, and the widows were there. They led Peter up as Peter was, was uh, preaching. And it's important for us not to just jump off of, of Peter on all these things um, and, and focus our attention on Peter. But on those who have been healed and, and transformed. Um, we have Aeneas the, the, who was paralyzed and all the people who came to believe in the, in the passage before, we have Tabitha in this passage, and then Cornelius the centurion in the next passage, who I think will, if we don't have it specifically next week, we sort of have it in chapter 11 as Peter retells the story. Um, but these are, these are stories of, of transformation, of community, of how Jesus, and following Jesus, and hearing the voice of the shepherd, gives forth life, brings forth life, in, in communities. And in this case, Tabitha 
has, has, who's, a, who's a garment worker, it says, all the widows stood beside him weeping, showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas, Tabitha, made while she was with them. And it's, and it's really difficult to, um, to underestimate and, and um, undervalue the importance of clothing in that day. And how important it was in that, in that it was you know, so important that you could not really, you could not hold somebody's cloak at night. You always had to give it back to them. Even if they owed you money, you had to give their, their cloak back to them. You know, the people didn't have but one, maybe two garments of clothing. We forget where, you know, in my shirt, you're not going to tear in my shirt. It just becomes a rag in my bike bag, and then I go to Walmart or wherever and get a new shirt, right? I mean, or, you know, you go to the outlets and buy all sorts of shirts. We, don't, we, we really underestimate how, how pricey, important, and valuable, especially in that, in that day where widows who, if they did not have an advocate, um, we're really on the outside of society. There's no social security. There's no anything. If you don't have someone's family to care for you, you're on the outskirts of, of society. And this is why it was so important of the daily distribution of, of food to be given and provided to the widows, to those who were less fortunate. Um, and Tabitha seems to be doing the exact same thing, but with clothing. And they said, look at this person. Like there's genuine grief, sorrow. It's someone who's been so dedicated as to, as to provide clothing for this, this person. And so here, for, the, for these widows. And so Peter, raising her to life through the power of, of our Lord Jesus, um, bringing her back isn't just a continuation of, of God's glory and resurrection power in the world, although obviously it is that. It's, it's acknowledging the, the wonder and the, the, the ministry that this disciple has. So this is not, not a passage just about Peter. It's a passage about, about a town, a community, a church, that is, is carrying on the mission and ministry of God um, of distributing clothing to widows, to the poor, to the less fortunate, of really reaching out and demonstrating God's grace, love, and service, which began with the Holy Spirit coming in Pentecost and has now been carrying off through this entire book of Acts. Um, and so it's a, a good passage to read on and to, and to look at on Mother's Day. Uh, because so oftentimes in, in, in the, the lectionary, at least, if not the New Testament, even though we have passages like in Christ, there is no longer male or female, Gentile or Jew, slave or free. In Christ, we are all one. Jesus is calling 
That's him. Let, let him know we're doing well. My, what is wrong with my thing here? The wire. We have this. We have another wire that's gone. I will just turn it off because it's annoying me. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray for the holy wires and the cell phones and the calls from our Lord Jesus brings forth life. Um, but no, on Mother's Day, um, it's great to, to, to actually have in the lectionary a passage about the women disciples because even though they, even though they, they occur and even though we acknowledge that, that in Christ women are, are um, the, uh, the same in, in uh, Jesus as men. And to the point in, we talked about before in Ephesians some, some time ago, that passage that we, that we don't like to read anymore about submit to, to, uh, to one another out of reverence for Christ. But that passage really was a passage to, to men. Right, where it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord in that society. It wasn't like, okay, that's what I'm already doing, whatever, right? There's like, this is my life. What are you telling me that's new? Uh, but what it says, and husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's radical, right? That says, how did Jesus love the church? Um, he died for the church. Husbands, Love your wives like you would die for your wife. And he keeps going, right? In case you missed it the first time, he says it three more times. Because you probably would have missed it the first time because you thought, that's just, that's just a typo. He doesn't really mean that. I mean, I like my wife and all, but like die for her? I don't know. <laughs> right? But in the same way, Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is, this is a new reality. This has been said long time ago in, in Genesis, but it's reminded again and put forth a new way that as disciples in Christ, we're, we're one, we're equal. And today we hear of, of Tabitha Dorcas, who's, who's made an impact, who lives and serves, who more than anything has heard the voice of the shepherd. I love this, this passage from um, John's Gospel of, of the leaders coming forth and saying, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus is like, I've already told you plainly. How much more plainly do you want me to make it? The problem is you don't listen to the words that come out of my mouth. My sheep know my voice because I am their shepherd. Right? There's, there's a story of, of a little boy in Palestine who they, they 
the, the Palestinian army came in and gathered all of the sheep and he, and he came up and they were all in this one pen and this little boy came up and said, could he please have his, his family sheep back? All they have are these three sheep. And could he please have them back? And the guards put them off and put them off, but the boy's insistent, you know, as little kids are, um, is they just sort of nag you to death, right? You know if you've ever had kids around you, they just keep it, they're like, peck, 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 peck. And, uh, and finally the guards are like, okay, but there's thousands of sheep. How will you, how, if you can find your sheep, you can have your sheep. And the boy pulled out his little flute and played a tune and out of the thousand sheep, three sheep stepped forward and followed him out because sheep know the voice of their shepherd. We know the voice of our shepherd. Tabitha knew the voice of her shepherd. All of those multitudes in the book of Revelation, that passage that is often read at funerals about the great multitude, they know the voice of their shepherd. That multitude who had their, their garments, we have garments again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Those who came out of the great tribulation, which is life, really. Life. It's in this passage, specifically, it's, it's the persecution at the hands of the Roman army. But in reality, it's just life. Day by day by day is the great tribulation where we live in the already but not yet. That Jesus Christ has brought forth the kingdom of God here to us. And we live here in the power of the Spirit and are able to do amazing things. Great works of mercy, charity, love, blessing, healing. But also that we still live in the midst of a world filled with sin and darkness and pain and sorrow and hurt. That's why it ends with... Therefore, there below, before the throne of God, and serve him night and day. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water and wipe away every tear from their eyes. Shepherd leads us, guides us, brings forth his voice to us as we live day by day in this great tribulation. But more so, the Lamb will care for us when we wash our garments in his blood and they're made white in that time of paradise and the resurrection. This is the glory of who God is. The glory of being a disciple. 
sheep. One who we could say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Where his rod and his staff bring us great comfort because that's protection from enemies. Wild animals, the world that's out to get us. And we hear that voice. And we know that voice. May we follow that voice. May we demonstrate the love of God that, that he puts forth into our hearts. That when we hear that voice, that we don't think that it's something else. When, when one of the things that, that I had to learn when I began praying for people is that, that sometimes when you listen Especially when you, when you pray with a couple people and somebody else is praying and you're just sitting there, um, you're supposed to be listening. That's hard sometimes. That's a, that's a hard thing to learn because used to be when you first learned, I wasn't listening. I was just thinking about what I was going to pray after this person prayed and hopefully that they didn't pray the words that I wanted to say because I didn't want to repeat myself and look stupid. Right? That's when you're, when you're, when you're beginning, but, but later on, when, when somebody else is praying and you're praying with someone, you learn to listen. And lots of times God gives, gives you a word um, as you're listening and you don't share it. I didn't share it because you think, that's weird. Why'd that pop into my brain? Um, not thinking that, hey, maybe that's God. Um, and so, because so, again, you don't want to share because you don't want to look stupid. Um, and so what I had to learn is you might have to risk looking stupid um, or feeling stupid. Because a lot of times, as, as you said, you share the voice that the shepherd puts into your brain with somebody else. It meant something to them. And so when we listen to God, we not have to just listen to God, but we might have to respond to God, to walk out of the group of sheep and follow God, risk looking dumb or whatever, because it's the voice of the shepherd. And gradually, over time, you learn to hear that voice more clearly, or at least trust, or at least trust enough that those few times when it isn't anything, you just, no, it wasn't anything, okay. This is who we are as people of God. It's risky at times to be a sheep. It's risky at times to follow Sometimes it costs a whole lot. Like Tabitha. Not just her life, but her whole livelihood. She obviously was an incredible woman who gave much of herself, so much of herself, that the whole community was in mourning over her, her passing, her loss. We know people like that. 
May we hear the voice of the one who calls us each by name. May we respond to the voice of the one who calls us each by name. May we serve the one who calls us each by name. For we are his sheep, and he is our shepherd. Amen.